Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 289 of the No Podcast. We are No Outside Food or Drink, the Southeast premier video game podcast. I have nothing else. I usually have something else to add in there. Uh, an Indiana Jones recap podcast. The th- the Southeast premier Power Glove podcast. Mm, yeah, the pre-show. Come for the pre-show <laughs> and uh, hang around for the show, but listen to the nasty Power Glove scenarios in which uh, Cesar recovers a 30-year-old pink eye disease. Or you uh, decide to go following schedule your uh, eye appointment that you've been holding on for the last three years again, yeah. for your regular checkup afterwards. These same contacts uh, that I've been using since uh, Brent came on the show, and they're supposed to be bi-weekly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's fine here. Use my benefit. I should use my benefit. Uh, it's okay, Cesar. I'm spraying my contacts with the bowling alley solution that Brant is using on his power glove to save your eyes. No, the uh, the contacts they've got to go in that. Uh, uh, you should put it in that blue liquid, the barbo Barbasol. The Dennis Nedry embryo stuff. Sure, that'll work. Did y'all see there was a Jurassic Park can that had like on the back of it? The ingredients had, like, the dinosaurs listed on it. Yeah. Uh, but we just trying to infect me with, uh, what was that, Enrique Iglesias? I can be your hero, baby. It's not going to work. Unless one of y'all starts singing it. Can you it's wash not going to work this pain? time. Not going to wash away your pain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. Keep so going. Yeah. I think that's the only word I know. Was this on a Just Dance or a Karaoke Hero or one of those titles? Tell one. It could be on a rock band thing. I, I think I played it on there. Boys, you want to do that on rock band? You want to make that our stream after Gears? If we ever get around to finishing Gears? Let's see. Still stuck. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it since we left, but here we go. Uh, tonight, what are we, the Premier Power Glove podcast? Is that how we left it? Tonight's news. <laughs> I almost thought we were still on the pre-show. <laughs> Tonight's news. We have the news from your Xbox developer underscore direct. Uh, coming directly to you from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, UK's pre-owned games are ending. Totally? What does that mean? Rock band set list to come to a close, question mark. And get used to not owning games. I don't think I ever want to get used to not owning games. That doesn't make any sense. Find out later in the news. I'm one of your podcast co-hosts, Richard Bergman, joined tonight by uh, 25% Newsmaster contributor, yep. Brant McKee. What's up? <laughs> Brant, sometimes I get bored and I do the news. It's no slight That's on all. you. I just, I just get to slight you in the news. Uh, and our resident lore master and page master, Cesar Concepcion II. Hello. Cesar, welcome. Cesar, are you going to get, as one of the qualifying uh, iOS devices, are you going to be playing Death Stranding on your iOS device? Soon? I could. I do have you one. could. That, Did that you see that? Mm-hmm. Is it free? Death, Death Stranding Director's Cut. It's 50% off for pre-orders, which puts it at $19.99. I'm not paying $19.99 for it. Yeah, so. I've yeah, bought like, it when you had me at 50% platform. off, it was like $10. Bucks. I was like, fuck it. I'll try it for $10. Bucks. <laughs> yeah. not, not for $20. No. Not for $20. is yeah. outside your buy price. No, I got like I can play it on Steam Deck. I can play it on P3. 
PS4, I can play on PS5. It's I think they had it on Game Pass, so I can play it on the Windows Store here. I think yep. I have it on there. I, I, I'm not going out my way to. That's enough. I supported it. Yeah. I have the baby edition. I've got the baby in the closet somewhere. I have I have the PS4 Pro You have that one too? My PS4 Pro with the handprint. I'm looking at it right now. It's still. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fucking Oreo. Like somebody's going to look at it like, damn, what, what happened to the Oreos over here? I was like, oh, don't worry about it. Cesar, that snuck into our game of the year list that year, didn't it? Uh, was that 2020 or 2019? It was I like right you, before I, the pandemic. I think yeah. you talked about it a lot. I just think you were you wanted to come back to it. And you just never did. So, and then it was given. I to put us a lot of time on, into on those like three bundle. chapters or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. And then you heard that the second one's going to be living on the beach now. So. <laughs> Isn't that what we we're doing in the first one? I don't know. Like I the whole world was a beach with footprints. I just, it was the most Kojima thing ever to call Death Stranding 2 on the beach. <laughs> uh, it's not DS Death Stranding. It's developer system. It's not dual screen. Yeah. The DS is a uh, developer system. I wonder how that will play on Portal. Might be a good Portal game, right? Didn't they give us the digital copy of that? Death Stranding? Uh, I, I'm yes. sure it came on PlayStation Plus I, at some point. We got so many like versions they, of that game floating around, man. I feel like they did. Uh, we got it in a hum, humble you, bundle one time. Yeah, do you have a, a extra or premium at the moment? Because I think it's just in one of those tiers to download. It should just be in, like um, Brant said, it should just be in the extra. I don't, the premium's all that uh, bullshit uh, uh, retro games they got in there, which is PS4 games half the time that came from PS2 games. They came from PS1 games. Or like the Disney PS1 games. I think I'm kind of still in the camp with Brant to drop down to extra when that time comes. Mm-hmm. We'll I see. Got, I still got to the end of 2025. So so far, Damn. it's been proof. It's been fruitful. So I got it. I got it. The end of 2025 for my my PlayStation one. I figured out then, and then I've, I've been getting. I've been farming my free points on Microsoft, and I got to the end of 2025 that I've not played any anything for Game Pass for the last two years. So that's good. It works. I have paid nothing for these uh, subscription services. That's a plus. So. Yeah, I have to look at that one. I think mine's this year for some reason. I think we did that convert when they announced the new system. I think mine is this year. Mm-hmm. I have to look at it. Uh, Xbox Developer Direct. Let's get into the news. This was a cool one, and there was a little surprise in there. Uh, so we knew going in that we're going to talk about Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. That name is kind of a... Uh... <laughs> Ooh, that name sucks. <laughs> it's like a Peppa Pig special. God, maybe it'll end. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> or like your featured Sesame Street shape of the day. Yeah. I don't I don't know what else. <laughs> the Great Circle, that sucks so bad, but... I don't know, man. They, what, was <clears throat> the, what were the other ones? Fate of Atlantis, Emperor's Tomb. Yeah, Last Infernal Crusade, machine. Oh, yeah. Infernal Machine, that's a Infernal good machine. one, yeah. Staff of Kings, Temple of Doom, like all these things, are, uh, they don't sound like a geometry exam, Indiana <laughs> 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 Jones, and the, he's a professor, that's calculate the, the circumference of the great circle, yeah, that's what it is, it's almost like uh, Halo 2 or Metal Gear Solid 2, where it's a bait and switch. You think you're I mean, playing as Indiana Jones, but it's just a it's just a test. It's a geometry test for the whole second yeah, half. Yeah, I game. mean, they want me to spend 100 hours easy. It's like, find the right angle. And I'm like, oh, I'll, be there for, <laughs> yeah. I'll be there for 100 hours. Like, oh, I'm back in 6th grade. Oh. Bye. 
no, 90 <laughs> degrees. I don't understand. I know this. Can we make this a multiplayer game? I might get it faster with the, with the community helping. <laughs> that we're, we're all dumb in there together. Mm-hmm. That was also my geometry class. Go on. You're, you're still describing the same experience I got in 10th grade. Uh, all jokes aside, Indiana Jones, the Great Circle, confirmed to come out 2024. It looked really, really good. This is Machine Games. This is the people behind Wolfenstein. Uh, you play as Indy in first person. The whip is in first person. The whip mechanic looked very solid, almost like a grapple hook in, say, a Metroid game or Castlevania game, that sort of thing. And uh, your traversal is in third person. So when you're doing the inevitable uh, yellow brick jumping like Uncharted style or climbing up pipes is what they showed in that trailer. Uh, Boosh says PSAT simulator. That's that's fair, too. <laughs> that also checks out for those that have had to take that test as well. Uh, it looked good. What y'all think about Indiana Jones? That's not what they let off with, but that's where our jokes led us to. Uh, that's what they I'd... wrapped up the show with, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. I mean, are you are you on the good. article that you picked, or I am? I'm on the Xbox Wire. I just immediately okay, no, segued into Indiana Wire. Jones. Yeah. Which didn't have a whole lot of details. It just uh, they showed 13 minutes of gameplay, had some developer insights according to the Xbox Wire. They mentioned that it was the Wolfenstein team. I mean. I mean, just it would look good. This whole show uh, it was pretty good. It showed something almost every quarter this year, like they've been saying that was going to be yeah. happening at this point. So, because yeah, a good yeah. outline. Like we haven't gotten an outline like this from Xbox, right? Yeah. Like yeah. with these big heavy hitters, like this is a Sony slash Nintendo style presentation but, uh, of here's what's coming this quarter. Here's what's coming this quarter. Yeah, because Matt Booty said he at that point they they cleared that point that. You know, they finally hit their stride after all these years with all these studios they bought that something was coming every quarter, like a major release. So that's all we've been asking for for yeah. what, eight years since we started the show. Uh, Renee says he feels like Indiana is not going to be good. This is not Fort Wayne. Uh, Renee, if you're just joining us, Renee, this is not Fort Wayne, <laughs> Indiana. This is Indiana Jones. I think it looks good. The, Of course, the non Harrison Ford, the Troy Baker version of. Indiana Jones kind of stood out to me. It's one. Of, it's all. It's one of those few. Uh, it's not Uncanny Valley, but remember all those Star Wars games that had Darth Vader, but not James Earl Jones, yeah. and you immediately were like, okay, that's yeah, that's a well, there, that's there a were version some, of him. There were some lines you're like, oh, okay, that doesn't sound bad, and then you're like, no, that's not Harrison Ford. Oh, that doesn't. No, that's not Harrison. Ford. But they're using his likeness, just like Emperor's yeah. Tomb that you mentioned, uh, Brant. There, it's it looks like Harrison Ford, but it's. Uh, Ferris and Horde. It's not quite. It's not quite the same. It's not quite what you were expecting from from the voice performance. It looks good though. I, I was about to say I didn't. I didn't look at anything. I just watched the trailer. Yeah. Um. And I th- I thought it looked really really good. And then I started seeing all the hate for the first person stuff. So no, it looks I'm great. Like, That's the way you uh, want to explore those worlds. I mean, right? it's machine gun games, so they've done first person shooters. Yeah, right. People have set these weird expectations, like this is our Uncharted we haven't had in like so many years. And yeah. so you know, I, I think just going in there, like, all right, this is a new developer for a different IP. Why well, mm-hmm. people are already in there comparing the two? So it's That's an interesting comparison, yeah. I think that's what those people were disappointed. I didn't I come in with no expectations because I, I, I try not to sub myself up, but I mean, it's machine gun games, which they've only done first person shooters. Uh, machine games. Aspect. And uh, they're great. Guns, yeah. 
they're great at first person Nazi killing. Uh, Wolfenstein was on my games of the year list last year. <laughs> Wolfenstein, the new order. That was a fantastic Nazi killing game. And Indiana Jones is all about killing Nazis. Yep. And exploration. And you can't do that in first person. Metroid Prime says otherwise. I don't know. For some reason, people were like really harping in. Oh, this shouldn't be first person. I can't believe it. This I is going to suck. That. And that was like that, that was like negativity. In every, like every comment on there afterwards. Yeah. I didn't wow. Watch it live. I went back after the fact. So. Was that y'all's impression? No. No. I, th- I, I was. I, I thought it looked great. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be a replacement for <laughs> Uncharted, so I wasn't disappointed. So. No. And, that literally was people kept saying, oh, well, Tomb Raider, oh, Uncharted. I'm like, we need these third person, you know, semi platforming puzzle, blah, blah, blah. And they just kept comparing what they already know and what they're like Cesar was saying, their perceived notion, what they want it to be. But yeah. you got to give it a chance. It looks good. So looks fantastic. I appreciate the segment they gave to it on the soundtrack. Like they isolated a composer they wanted who has reverence for the John Williams score and seemed to incorporate a bunch of those themes. And of course, you know, we're going to get the Raiders March, but it seems like they're also going to, what is Indiana Jones without the music? That's a huge part of those themes of the Imperial March and the well of souls and the, the Knights Templar. Remember that when they finally made it to the tomb and, the knight was like standing up and he had that big bold theme from the <laughs> the Knights Templar. It's great, man. That's so much of that is part of the atmosphere. And these people know how to make video games. This is, this is the crew to have an Indiana Jones game. And if you want that Tomb Raider style one, play the Xbox one, right? Emperor's Tomb. That's not going to be a modern take on that, but it's going to be that same style PS2 Tomb Raider style game. It's not quite an Uncharted, I don't think. So I still remember that trailer they have on the Steam version of that game where it just shows a shark buying the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. On Emperor's funny. Tomb? Yeah, yeah, if you go watch it, it's, it just shows them getting <laughs> the shit bit out of them. Yeah. I thought about streaming some of that for the original Xbox. The like Steam one has it. a trailer of a shark biting him. Does he yeah. die or does it just, just I, bite the I think they just lean into the, the wacky shit in there. Because I remember watching, it's like, man, this is weird that they would go to this, and like he, he's in there, and the shark's biting the shit out. Of him. Oh, the deep Indiana Jones shark biting lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show, of course, is backpedal. If y'all ready to move on from indie, yep. Uh, the show, of course, start off with a vowed, and this is the upcoming Obsidian uh, first person. Was anybody up in arms about this one being first uh, person? What, how does uh, this work when when you decide uh, to turn the switch on and off? I don't, I don't know what what. How do we mass? How do we appease the masses on this on this presentation style? I don't know, but this is the uh, kind of very Skyrim game. That's what it reminded me of. This looks fantastic. Also, by the way, it does look really good. Yep, that's all bows. That's all I need. Give me some bows, bows and one of and these type wands of and swords. So think, and... as Brant said, think Skyrim. Think. Um, uh, Subsidian, right? So this is your team behind yeah. Fallout New Vegas, even though it's been 11 or 12 years since that game came out. Jeez. It doesn't seem like that long, does it? Mm-mm. It's kind of scary. Is, is Obsidian, do they have multiple teams? Didn't, didn't they do Grounded for Game Pass? Yeah, I think they have there are, two, there are two teams, I think. 
Okay, so they kind of alternate between the first-person RPG-style stuff they're known for more recently with along with the other stuff. Did Grounded ever take off? I think it did. It was kind of like um, Sea of Thieves. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they looked at boarding Grounded off to other platforms to grow the player up. base. Yeah. I mean, those ones that you know got to grow kind of had a renaissance as well. Yep. Did we ever, did anybody on here ever try that out? No. Never Mm -mm. mess with Grounded either. Looked like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, right? With like big bugs and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I I associated it with. And I was like, okay, that game's still around. Uh, Next up, we saw some of, and I've since downloaded the first one. I have yet to pick it back up, but I've got to beat this game before the second one comes out. The first one is not very long. And it was a game club game for us one month, and I never and finished it. You were the only one that didn't. <laughs> I was the only one that didn't finish it. Uh, but every bit I Falling played of it out. was very, very good. And yeah. now we've got the Series X like optimized version, so that's definitely going to be the way to go. Uh, but it's Asinuous Saga Hellblade 2, which is launching May 21st for Xbox Series X and S, PC, and Cloud. And then that is, of course, a Game Pass Day 1 title. Thank uh, that you looks for re- finally giving us a release date, Microsoft, because yeah. they've been what? showing it since the uh, game Awards. since the reveal of the Xbox Series oh, X. Series X what, was yeah. that 2019, and then it launched in 2020. Yeah. Wow. Or was it's that Summer Games Fest, and then yeah. launch? I thought, months later, whatever. I thought or was it Game no, Fest? It was game. It was in the Video Game Awards. Remember, because I was like one of their. So almost a year between announcement and the oh, launch yeah. of the system, and then yeah. it's going to be four years since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the uh, the controversy with this is the game's only what like ten hours or something like that. On the people, I know the first one is short. Is the second one yeah. also brief? Like yeah, that? Okay. they're saying it's pretty pretty straight to the point. So. But they go for a very specific uh, storytelling element with this. Oh, yeah. Where it's fully um, motion captured. She won an award at the Game Awards, I believe, that next mm-hmm. year for the motion capture performance. And um, I thought the controversy you were going to say is it's digital only. You cannot purchase a, oh, copy that too. a physical copy of Hellblade 2. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure I have a copy of Hellblade 1 on two systems, I think. Yeah. And the Steam copy. Like, I've, I've supported Hellblade. Why not put a physical copy out there for people? Um, But maybe this is part of that Game Pass push and maybe part of that digital future we're going to be talking about later on. Which I hate. Which sucks. Because I fired up some PS3 games from 2011 today and just played them. I remember bitching about those downloads then. Like, of course it has a patch or whatever and it was only like 50 megs. (laughs) No, I have to wait for it to install to my hard drive and download a 1 gig patch. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I think the worst one was uh, Bayonetta because I think they had a that one was like a four or five gig patch. Remember that because that game ran like shit on PS3. Yeah. They ended up patching it. Did it run fine after the patch? Yeah, because I think it was optimized for 360, and it just it it, it the, I think the problem was because it the, it ran fine on 360 because it re- loaded off the DVD, which was quicker. <clears throat> right. And I think they had to patch the PS3 one to do an install to help with the bad load times because it was it was just bad it was so bad so what Cesar's bringing up is uh the blu-ray uh rom of course had way more storage space than a dvd rom but your read write speed was compromised on the on the blu-ray so it didn't stream as much or maybe that was the ps3 architecture 
but it did not stream as fast from the Blu-ray ROM as it would have a DVD ROM. Yeah. And so some of those, so you get that effect with like texture loading and pop in for certain titles on PS3 versus uh, the Xbox. But that's where the gurus of like Naughty Dog and Blue Point, where they really mastered that PS3 architecture and were able to leverage those weaknesses. It's the same thing as 64. I kind of think of it as the bottleneck of the 64 as well. Those who were able to really leverage the weakness and not let it affect the gameplay, they they were fine with it. I mean, you know, Nintendos are master of that, so. Yeah, they are the first party for sure. And we we named Naughty Dog at Blue Point. It's pretty much the same for PS3. Um, damn, I had another note on that, but I can't remember what it was. But that was a good uh. Good PS3 sidebar. Uh, that was it for Hellblade? Was that all mm-hmm. the major Hellblade announcements? There yes. was some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Like outside of, I think, uh, again. You can pre-install it now if you get Game Pass. So. I know I've pre-installed the first one, so I need to play that before the second one comes out. If only there was an Xbox portal, I think I would play the... <laughs> But I'm not getting the benefit of the DualSense and stuff, so I could do yeah. an iPad or something like that and just do remote play. Or maybe look at my Steam Deck again and try to figure that out. Renee says, one of my friends mentioned that it will be his last generation of gaming. Why would you give up gaming after this? Why would you be Why would you be out? What's the purpose behind that? Uh, was this the sidebar, like the surprise bit? So the Xbox yeah. Direct was, the de- developer Direct was really cool. They started off showing the four stories they were going to talk about, and it was kind of already known that these were the four things. And so I was watching it, and I texted us, I was like, that was a pretty cool transition. Are you watching the Are you watching the show? He's like, no, I'm busy right now. And I was like, I won't I won't mess with it for you. Just, just watch it later on, that sort of thing. But they had these four grids showing the games that they were going to talk about, and then after the second one, they kind of do-do-do-do-do-do. Another one, like, popped in there. So it was a, it was a cheeky little surprise, is how I put it. And we got kind of a developer breakdown from uh, Square Enix on the new Visions of Mana game, in which they talked about the original art team developing those sprites into what these 3D versions are going to look like in Visions of Mana. We saw a lot more of the open world gameplay like that. That looks amazing. That art style it just looks timeless. I'm a sucker for Mana games. I've not played one I disliked. But... um. This looks solid to me. I thought it was going to be a Game Pass announcement. Did y'all see that? It's not, I don't think. It's not. I don't think it is either. And then that's that kind of strays away from some of the recent Xbox messaging where they're only going to show off Game Pass titles, right? Here's the ones coming to our service. This was a neat offshoot. And I feel like Cesar was talking last week about uh, Phil Spencer said, hey, we're going to there's going to be more Japanese stuff coming up. We're going to we're, we've been reaching out and. Repairing some of those relationships. You know that's coming. So I feel I like mean, he just mentioned that. There's a lot of fans that want, you know, those type of games on that console that seem to be glossed over. So I think uh, that's probably why they're going to probably highlight that a lot because you got their deals with Sega. So, I mean, you got Persona yep. and all that coming over there. Yep. And a lot of that's coming to Game Pass. And so, I mean, they're trying to address some of those stuff. So, And they have tried with each generation. I feel like they didn't so much with Xbox One because the most... I would say the most prestigious Xbox One Japanese game would have been Scalebound, mm-hmm. right? And that got the rug got pulled out from underneath that one. Uh, and it almost seems like that entire generation got pulled out from underneath them. 
But in the with the first Xbox, we had all those Sega Smile Bit games. We had Panzer Dragoon. We had Jet Set Radio. We had a very Dreamcast 2-esque influence on the original Xbox. And then with the 360, they came out guns blazing. They had Blue Dragon, Lost Odyssey. Uh, um, I was going to say Fable. Fable's not a, a Japanese RPG. But they came out pushing those type of titles. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 13 came to 360. Day and date with the PS3 version. Yeah, that was massive. People don't understand. That was huge. They, I mean, they did a lot in 360 era. I mean, remember they, yeah. pulled, they pulled Grand Theft Auto 4, you know, got the DLC first. Yep. There's a lot of stuff they, they learned from their previous generations that people wanted that they kind of addressed. So I'm hoping this is more of that push. Uh, Cesar, did you say at the show or previous about the Atlas games? Like, that's that's also part of that big push. The Persona games are, are coming to... And, like, almost... Which is weird because you got the new Yakuza, which is uh, or like a dragon, which is a RPG base right now at the moment. And then you have... Less than a week later, you have Persona coming out. It's weird that they had this uh, competition between Sega and all these uh, big tier games. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if Yakuza's Game Pass name, uh, Dame One, but we know Persona Three Remake is. So, yeah, and people are clamoring for that one. So that's a huge I get. Mean, yeah, those reviews on the on that and Tekken Eight are very, very good. So, Tekken Eight's coming to Xbox. For some reason, I thought Pass. it was PS5 and PS4. Right, not Game yeah. Pass, but, but, uh, X, but no, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. It's coming. Uh, both of those are coming to uh, current gen consoles. So, uh, Visions of Mana back to the Xbox Developer Direct, the first mainline entry in the series in over 15 years. What was the last one? Dawn of Mana for PS2 or that the or DS, the DS ones, Children, Children of Mana. Children of Mana yeah. could be any of those. So. I mean, they've been doing remakes for the last... Wow, they since have. Since the Vita, you know, since they remade the first three games. Because they did that, Secret of Mana. Then we got the Fable third game. So they've yeah. been working on this style for a while. It seems like Which, they kind of evolved from that third game they they remade and kind of took it from that direction. So they, they've been learning from it because a lot of people were not happy with that Adventures of Mana on the Vita. It was very cell phone-esque. Uh, it feels like, yes, yes. Secret I of remember. Mana, a lot of people weren't happy with going it. The, the way it was turned to 3D, so. I didn't pay for that cell phone one that you were talking about. I remember seeing screens of it, and it was just like, this is so stale and uninspired, which is not the mana aesthetic or art style or presentation. Like, none of that lends towards that franchise where it seems uninspired and dialed in. Yeah, it's I been, remember. It's, it's been interesting, because, like, they've been, what they've been done with mana is they did, they've been doing the same thing with, um, uh, Romancing Saga, because now we get yeah. the first, and like what we're getting the first brand new Romancing Saga, in right? Like X amount of years, but they've been doing so many remakes of it, of all those past games for the last seven, seven years. So, but that's almost the right mix, right? Bring your classic stuff to a consumable format for current gen stuff, and then eventually get to the point where you're developing new stuff. Like Trials of Mana, we got it in that Mana collection. As the Super Nintendo one, right? They translated it and everything. And we got the was, Super Nintendo version. Yeah, that was the Switch one, right? I think Switch and Steam, right? It came out on Steam also, maybe? Yes. Is that on Steam? I, I know. I know, I the, know it's on Switch for sure. I know. I think the one on, on Steam might be the Saga one, Collection of Saga, which was the Game Boy ones. Yep. I'm not, I'm but the Seeking Detsetsu collection was definitely Switch. We know for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then Trials of Mana came out for Switch and PC and PS4. 
And that was like a 3D remake of that third Seeking Tetsu. And like Cesar was saying, that style's kind of uh, persevered to this Visions of Mana. Looks good. I love that art style. I can't wait to see that on OLED and see it and see it pop. I don't know if the Xbox will be the way I go get that, but for those who have an Xbox and we're worried about they would miss this franchise, that's a it's a big get for Square Enix and Xbox, I think. Renee's, yeah, not, like, Renee's not saying anything on this one. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of people weren't happy about the Square Enix output on the Xbox, so it's, yeah, Microsoft's kind of trying to address that. So. And Phil Spencer, Phil Spencer said he was going to go do that, right? We're going to mm-hmm. build this relationship. We're going to get these titles over. I'm glad they finally ironed out the Final Fantasy 14 because they've been flirting with that for like the last almost 10 years now. That's another morning. big one. That's a huge one. Because I know he's been trying to, he's been talking for almost half a decade about getting that on their console. I don't know what was the holdup. I think, I think it's probably money related on the subscription oh, services yeah. and all that. So it always is, right? Like we're, we're, why are we going to pay for this infrastructure on top of Xbox Live? What's the reason for having this extra tier on top of that? They have to figure that stuff out. Uh, Aura History Untold. Don't remember much of. Oh, this is the RTS style one. This yeah. is the PC. This is coming yeah. to Game Pass PC. Yeah, that's right. These are the guys that uh, really took influence from like Civilization and StarCraft and some of the isometric world building and city building. Uh, it's not strategy RPG. What are they called? RTS. It escapes me. Yes, real time strategy games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the key leads at Oxide Games debuted an all-new look at gameplay and shared an overview of the key features coming to Aura History Untold. That was a really cool... You, you saw this label as Developer Direct, and what does that mean? We're going to get insight from the developers, sure, but you really saw the passion, I feel like, when they were doing this interview as to what their influences were, where they wanted to go, the fact that they finally had the the space and the uh, resources to make the game they wanted to make, Right. And there was even a bit in the in the direct where uh, the lead dev or whoever he was, he's being interviewed, and then somebody's walking in the back, and he just starts talking to him. And they kept that that honest like back and forth. I, I like that kind of stuff. I'm sure it's just for camera, but there's a there's an openness to hey, I'm just telling them about the game we want to make. Sort of the way that comment was delivered. It was it was really cool, and it seems sincere. And I like more. I hope there's more openings to the development process and and the inspirations that and the passion that people have. Like people are watching us to hear us talk about our passion for games, right? You're you're tuning in for the lens of the NoFodcast personalities as to how that you could go find these new stories. We're not going. We're not creating this news for you. You're hearing our particular lens and our takes based off of our personalities. And I love seeing that from the developers. I knew nothing about this until then. And all of a sudden, it's on my radar. And I have a chance to... Is this a Game Pass game? Yes, PC. Joining PC Game Pass, as mm-hmm. Cesar said, on day one. So this all of a sudden is on my radar as something like, okay, I've seen a little bit more behind this. It's my man, I check out. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the Valve will get their second OS. Because they said that, you know, it's on the roadmap for this year to get the second OS working on there. So you can install Windows on there pretty easily. So we can start playing some of these games. So on Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be amazing. That's that's on the roadmap for this year's dual booting, uh, easily dual booting uh, OSs. So putting Windows 10 on there. Beautiful. So 
without all the weird cross stuff or proton fixes. And by that sort by of then, thing. it might be time for you to go ahead and do the two terabyte internal upgrades for your. your I saw my I saw yeah. one of slick deals today. It was like one seventy. Mm-hmm. That might, <laughs> it might be time. At, it might be time at that when they get Windows ten. It's, it might, it's time. I'm not doing <laughs> it unless Windows ten's on there because you'll need it for Windows ten or Windows eleven. Excuse me. Okay, let's do it. If we, if it comes to that, we all do that. We have an upgrade party. We put that. We put those drives in there. I can tell you, a friend of the show, Renee, bought uh, bought his Steam Deck today. So nice. Hey, but he's going into PC gaming. I don't, he's never had. I don't think he's ever had PC gaming. So what did he get? Does he have a Steam library? No, uh, he set up one. Yeah, I don't. I think he has like one game on there. If he, I think he has a friend. I, tell him I invite you as a friend. He's on there. I also saw that you can share your library. Is that something you can just like shoot to him for him to partake in those games at the same time? I have to read into that because I think you can. It's kind of like a like a friend list, kind of like I think you can send somebody like, "Hey, if you're on my family household, I think you yeah. can give them access to games." But I think it's similar to like Xbox. So like if you know you can't play the same game at the same time, and, right? Uh, the same old rules that any other any other one goes on there. So, but I think it's Valve. I think it's a little bit more liberal on um they are game sharing than it is like. Sony like, oh, we'll ban your fucking console, you know. Yeah. So I looked into it a little bit because I was trying to convince friend of the show Russell to grab a Steam Deck when he was all. Remember who he was in that Baldur's Gate three phase? He was all up in it, and I was like, okay, listen, I have eleven hundred Steam games. Buy that one. That's fine. <laughs> if you want to get the Steam Deck, buy that one. We'll throw it in our library, and I will share that library of eleven hundred games with you. What the conflict might come up? We both want to play Halo at the same time. We'll probably play it on Xbox. Uh, Series X together and have the headsets and do all that. We won't be sitting there on the Steam Deck playing Halo. Yeah, it's like that. That's probably never going to come up, but you'll have access to all these all the titles that I've been. I mean, hoarding in the. Well, yeah, market. I don't think it'd ever come up because I mean, it's a pain in the ass to play multiplayer on that game. Remember, because yeah, of the anti-cheat shit. So. Yeah, it's like a weird workaround. You have to go in there and do a a registry edit type thing almost. But then the, you just fire up <laughs> Xbox and play it on that. Yeah, yeah. it's way much easier. <laughs> Or just put, fire up an original Xbox and play it. It's way easier. All right, was that it from the Xbox Developers Direct? They did uh they did some more stuff on Elder Scrolls Online, but I didn't yeah. stay around for that second hour. That was like a yeah uh, fucking hour of that. But I think it's just a, all it really hit was that there was a new um, expansion coming out, and for people who enjoy that, and that's you know. Oh, uh, the interim where it was in between the the Xbox Developer Direct and that. ESO thing the guy the guy was like cooking stuff from Elder Scrolls. <laughs> Russell and I were chatting back and forth like, man, that that soup looks pretty good. He was like chopping up potatoes and onions and carrots and beef and all kinds of stuff. He was making this stew, and I was like, damn, this looks pretty good. I just hung around for that. I never watched any ESO gameplay. I just watched them make the stew on the stream. It was interesting. That was our ESO ESO lore dump of the day. It was uh with some recipes. All right, I'm tired oh, of talking. Some or whatever call it. Yeah. Oh, you stole my sweet rule. Uh, Renee says he only purchased one game from Steam. Do you know what the game is? <laughs> Sorry, is that why, is that why you brought it up? You know what the game is? I don't know. Uh, I can look real quick. Don't worry I'm about a, it. He's on my friends list. So <laughs> we'll let Renee profile. out himself in case it's a naughty. It's like a naughty Mahjong game. Uh, he doesn't have. I don't think he has anything naughty in here. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe what is it the is? one game. Hold on. Uh, Trucker Simulator 2023. Uh, I'm looking. Ice maybe Road not. Truckers. Renee, hide, hide your game history. <laughs> Don't let your uh, cousin out you. Uh, Bleach says nah. Trombone Champ. <laughs> that needs to be a Steam game. <laughs> it's out on I'll Switch look- now, but Renee's anti-Switch, so I don't know if he has it for that. 
It looks interesting. I, Brand, you might play the shit out of this. Uh, evil evil tonight. Evil tonight. Yeah. That's that's his one Steam game. Yep. How did you get it? How did how did Renee? Did somebody gift it to him? No, I mean I I, I just looked up his name and my friends list and looked at his profile and it's like one friend already owns this game and it shows Renee. <laughs> it's an anime base, but it looks like uh it's interesting. It's like Resident Evil mixed with a uh, Game Boy Advance Castlevania. It's, it's interesting. Hmm. I've never huh. even heard of this. Okay. Brent said, "Go on." You have my interest. I'm intrigued. It says, it says fight, survive, explore, solve puzzles, and uncover the mystery of evil tonight. It, it looks like a uh, Castlevania Vance Resident Evil game. That's what it looks like. I like how it puts on here. Notice a, strong, a controller is strongly recommended to play this game. <laughs> do not do this shit with a mouse and keyboard. All right. Uh, UK retailer game is ending video game trade-ins. Why is that? Oh, because they want to. Why would mm. they not? You can dance if you want to. Let's see, well done. Um, it says it's ending trade-ins. The UK's biggest video game retailer game. So think all, GameStop all caps, over here, right? Which I think is funny because I think they do have GameStop over there, but it's not as big as game. Yeah. Got to do, do We game. have game here. Wait, no, they're ending pre-game. They're ending pre-owned games. We don't. We don't want them here. Phasing out trade-ins for physical games next month. Eurogamer first reported that the news earlier this week. Spokesperson for the chain has since confirmed the move in, in the comment to the BBC. This effectively hands the entire pre-owned market of video games in the UK to rival CEX, which has built up hundreds of stores in the UK dealing in pre-owned video games and electronics. It's the end of an era. Just a digital game sales continue to dominate. And it's funny because I, I went to grab this real quick when I went and got my water. I have I have purchased stuff from Game. I got the the email saying, "Hey, we're not taking your trade ins anymore for them." So I, I bought this because it was the only way you could buy this. Um, mm. and they sold it in Europe, and I had bought this, and they do ship to the United States. So, but yeah, all they're doing is, which is kind of insane when you think about it. They're stopping the pre-owned stuff, which I'm sure, with your time in retail. That was how these places like Rhino your bread and, and butter, it's your bread, Funko bread and, and butter brand, GameStop. That, yeah, that was their money. They'd yeah. they'd love to give you. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, we know you brought this brand new game that you just bought two days ago uh, in, but we're gonna give you a uh, dollar for it, and then we're gonna throw it back up on the shelf for probably two dollars less mm. than so what you games. bought it new. New games then were fifty dollars. So a brand new mm-hmm. game was forty nine ninety nine. Pre owned copy was forty four ninety nine. You got your ten percent off with your membership, so that dropped that price down another five bucks. So that was already a good value prospect for the consumer. If they came in that that week, they were probably guaranteed to find at least one pre owned copy. Now, I think I said this last week. You can't Richard, find no, a pre-owned no. copy of a fucking game at GameStop within 50 fucking miles of Richard, a game that's come out within the past six months. They just don't have it. Richard, you remember the days when there was a certain area ends with the Dales of the Rivers, which had no new release games before uh, they were used before they were even out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it, it I, had a, <laughs> I had a customer that would come into my store with they knew our policy was two copies for each console. It could not be sealed. So they're, you know, Madden. 2005 would come out, and we would have two copies for Xbox, two copies for GameCube, two copies for PS2, uh, just the discs traded in for cash the very next day. 
and we're making a case and all that stuff for it. So uh, I, I don't know where those copies were coming from, but there was definitely a market for, and they were not all illegitimate. The illegitimate ones are 1% of the ones that were traded in, but it's, you had this flow of you beat it, you played it, you know, games were more linear. They didn't have the online elements. They didn't have the live service element. You beat it over the weekend. You brought it back in. You got 30 bucks on your 50 to put yep. towards something else. And then we had a profit margin to work with for the other side. They fucked up their business model. And I guess people know, but it's all based off people buying physical games. And the episode <laughs> that we have crafted here. Is gonna go in that direction, but yeah. people don't buy games anymore in that in that capacity. There is a gamer who plays, I would say, forty hours of games in my household currently. They own zero physical copies of any video games. None. They don't have a physical copy of anything that they own. That the that they own, they have a digital license that they purchase. That gives them access to. The things they've bought. I'm like, I, okay, like, that's where things I, are. I got a coworker who's the same way. He has an Xbox. Everything's digital. He showed me his setup. It's nice. It's clean. He has like a nice clean room. Doesn't have uh, Blu-rays, games everywhere. I get it. You know, he doesn't have to worry about that shit. And so I, you know, I look at it sometimes. It's like, damn, I wish it might I be kind of nice. Life, that might life, be kind of nice. Easier. Yeah, you don't have to sit there and worry <laughs> about stacking shit on stack and then looking at what you have and. So, but I mean, on the other hand, you're right. Uh, that stuff can eventually disappear and go away. But I mean, you know, there is that aesthetic where, I mean, some people, it's just a hobby. So, you know, like they don't mind, you know, I always thought that copies. was going to be, so. I always thought that was going to be a supplement to, to one's game library. Yes, I buy my games, but I love my online games. I love my Warzone. I love my Halo Infinite. I don't need hard copies. I'm going to let that digital one update and that's it and i'll have a and that's the way i've designed my setup i'll have a digital library that just kind of updates on its own i'll have game pass games that come to me if it's a great game i'll support it physically i haven't bought a physical xbox game in psychonauts i bought psychonauts 2 which was a unique uh retail experience because you got an xbox uh, one copy and 10 bucks a couple weeks back I thought you were going to show us Redfall again. It's <laughs> your new days gone. No, no, What no. is that, Cesar, for the audio listeners? Star Ocean. Okay. Uh, the Divine Force. It was on sale for 10 bucks. I bought it. It's not bad. It's a series you want to support, and you're showing them, hey, I've got a, I'm buying a physical copy of this. But uh, Psychonauts 2 came out for Xbox. For It had an Xbox One copy and an Xbox Series uh, X, obviously, version of the discs. Uh, Murray13 in the chat says, I have a digital Xbox and digital PS5. No hard games. Only soft hey, games. I have maybe two discs for the PS4, to be honest. What are those two games? I need to know. It's easy I, life. I do not have a problem with digital games. I have a problem with the control they want to take away from the consumer. And the option that they want to take away from the consumer. Right. And I mean, Xbox has halfway done that because half of these games that are even physical are it, it's an illusion of choice because. Yeah. Like we discovered uh, what <laughs> life was is an illusion of choice. The uh, the Halo Infinite copy that I have up on my shelf here, it's uh, it's it's a coaster. I mean, oh, there's, Brent. there's what, like 
50 megs on that Blu-ray. 50, yeah, maybe 50 megabytes on that Blu-ray, and the rest is a straight download. So it's just an unlock. It's a, it's I mean, a giant it, unlock document. I mean, at the end of the day, I have yet to see a Ultra Blu-ray Xbox game this yeah. generation. I have yet to see it. I mean, even if you look at the Baldur's Gate 3 physical edition, it's on three Xbox discs. Is it's Halo on, Infinite not on one? Is it on a regular Blu-ray? It's everything on right. Xbox. They have not moved to Ultra Blu-rays. Sony's the only one using Ultra. Really? Blu-ray, so every most everything on Xbox is going to require a download. Yeah. Uh, Unless do you have a, maybe a handful of games, maybe like the like the Star Ocean uh, over here. Yeah. There's certain ones that are probably complete on on this. Maybe Psychonauts. Psychonauts is probably one of them. Yeah. Gaming kitty. I don't know if you can get my lap. Uh, Mermy elaborated on the two discs for the PS4, Spyro and Crash. And Boosh says, I'm lazy. Don't want to get up to switch discs out. Uh, switch uses cartridges, not discs. But yes, uh, you don't want to switch discs out. Get that too. Because I kept I kept Final Fantasy 16 in my PS5 for six months as I was plugging away at it on the portal and such. I, I get the convenience of that, especially having the portal. It's like, hey, I'll have all that digital stuff there and I don't have to swap discs out. But long term, those licenses are only there as long as they want me to have them when they decide they don't want to support them or I can't download them like the I'm sure we'll talk about the Nintendo news next week. But Nintendo is making some things unplayable off of their online service. So what does that even mean? I'm like Brand. I'm still waiting for the day that they finally won't let me redownload some of my uh, my Wii games and my Wii U. So, yeah, right now it's still good. But, you know, some at some point they're going to turn that switch. And server is going to go away. So, because mm. like you said uh, earlier, they they mentioned on the article with the announcement of the online going away, like for the foreseeable future, you can re-download your patches and games. So for the foreseeable future, they said so. Until someone sets up some private server that you set up a uh, DNS I mean, to and and I mean, access at, that server and get the most recent patches for. I mean, at, at this point, I think 3DS has been. I mean, we have ways of playing 3DS games now. I almost believe any Nintendo console past the current one, you almost have to resort to that level of access to get anything. And if they're not going to make it easy, that's the argument, right? You go get it where it's easy. If you can't, I want to pay for your product. If I can't buy your product, or if there's not an easy way for me to purchase a digital copy of the thing I already have a physical copy of, I don't have any issues in uh, finding it via alternate means and that's not difficult in this day and age not like it used to be back in the day people uh hired out to mod xboxes and paying service fees to add chips and soft bottom and such murphy uh, says when fable leaves game pass it will be a sad day indeed but i feel like i may survive good news there's a new fable game coming up that we saw a trailer for last summer with the one from moss from <laughs> mm-hmm. it crowd so hopefully that's next this year. I want to say next year, but that's 2024, right? That's this year sometime. Yeah, I would, I would probably say next year. 2025? Yeah. God, when you say 2025, it's like, holy Which shit. Which is good. I mean, they've been averaging showing a game wait four or five years. So, I mean, they show a game in two years, that's yeah. an improvement. So that's about the right mark. I mean, I guess their eventual things want to be like Nintendo and Shadow Drop shit within six months, so. I and mean, they did that, that last that, year with Hi-Fi Rush. We need to give yeah. them props for that Hi-Fi Rush. I mean, I know that's what, drop. that's what Sony wants to do, too. So they want to, like, all right, just come out in six months. They don't want to sit there and announce shit that gets canceled now at this point. So 
Yeah. They learned that lesson, what, 10 years ago? It feels like they were doing that. Mm-hmm. Here's a day and date. And got murdered on it. Uh, uh, so well, game we'll is... Yeah, we'll, we'll continue on here. I can keep going to the next article. You ready? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, it's just loop. the whole pre-game, pre-owned game loop and trade-ins and such. Well, don't worry, because uh, you can also lose your digital music games as well. So, Can't wait. So, mm-hmm. The Verge. Like uh, DDR. Jay Peters uh, has noted, after eight years and almost 3,000 songs, Rock Band 4's DLC drops are ending. Harmonix is going to stop releasing DLC songs for Rock Band 4, which is, like I said, they've been doing at least one or two every week still to this day. I think they did one last week. I forgot what it was. But uh, Epic Games' own studio announced today the developer has added nearly 3,000 songs to the game as downloadable content over the course of eight years, but the remarkable run is coming to an end in two days, uh, January 25th. Uh, if you've already purchased the songs, don't worry. Harmonix says you'll still have access to those even after it stops releasing new DLC. Many of you reading this own a good chunk of the content. We, re- we remain committed to protecting that investment. So to be clear, you can play the songs you own within Rob Band 4 for as long as you like, as long as Rob Band 4 is playable on future consoles. Harmonix da- Daniel As long Sussman, as. Yeah. Uh, Harmonix Daniel Sussman uh, it says in a blog post about the news, uh, Sussman also brought up a Fortnite festival, the musical theme, oh, blah, 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 plastic. Uh, right <laughs> now, it's basically rock band without the plastic instruments, blah, blah, blah. How and, long until these things are just Fortnite events? Rock band, Fortnite event, PS2, Fortnite event. You just run to a station and play <laughs> uh, Shadow of the Colossus on a little station inside Fortnite, right? Yeah. I mean, these, this is people, the true metaverse, like. As much people, as they've people talked about people reading it up, man. People reading stuff. it up. So for now, oh. at least, it might be uh, service might be removed in a year. What do y'all think those numbers look like as far as like the PS or the Rock Band Four downloads weekly for the new content drops? I mean, I think they're. How many people do you think are hitting that up every week? It was enough where they kept doing it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you have dedicated people play rock band like that who just want you know they want new content new songs so i mean there yeah. i'm sure there's several thousand at least at least that were probably buying um every one of those new songs every week so speaking of which have either of one of y'all uh dabbled with rocksmith no. where you hook a mm-hmm. real guitar up to the console with a cable uh front of the show jeremy and not the one you're thinking of uh lent me a rocksmith cable and i'm gonna try to hook up I think I have Rocksmith for PS3. <laughs> I try to hook that up to uh, one of my guitars and and see what that's all about. He said his high school age child went from no knowledge to like really playing songs very quickly with Rocksmith. And I've always heard that. I think friend of the show Dale's dabbled in Rocksmith, but hmm. it's something I it's something that's been on my list. And as I look for training methods and all this kind of stuff and convenience and Hey, I can play some video games and maybe get some Rocksmith in. So maybe I stream that. Maybe I hook the PS3 up to this capture card and try to figure out how to do Rocksmith on the... Yeah. And I think there's like a PC demo that... Of course, PC is like wide open. People import their own songs and do all, do whatever they want to do outside of that console ecosystem. So that might end up being the way to go. But I just need to get started and try it out and see what it's like. Rock Band 4! And then segue to uh, Brant's favorite part of the show. Uh, what's Ubisoft doing now? <laughs> uh, Ubisoft subscription boss says consumers are still used to owning games. Consumers were, and this is all from uh, VGC by Tom Ivan. Consumers were faster to embrace the model of not owning CDs and DVDs, says Philip 
P. Tremblay. Uh, Ubisoft sees tremendous opportunity for growth in subscription services that consumers can get used to not owning games like they have with music, music, uh, music, movies, and TV content. On Monday, the publisher rebranded as Ubisoft Plus subscription service, which and introducing a new PC offering, which will have Activision soon. Ubisoft Premium, which is available hmm. on PC, Xbox, Luna for a monthly fee of $17.99, includes day one access to new releases, a large back catalog of titles, and DLC. Wait, Early access wait, to wait, wait. games and more. I'm pausing, I'm pausing you, Cesar. $18, would that let me try Assassin's Creed Mirage for that $18? Uh, possibly. It says Probably. it also says includes day one access to new releases, so Prince of Persia would be on that docket. Yep. Oh wow. I want to play the, all that stuff with DualSense though. I'm kinda in that phase of I need to see what this is like with DualSense. So uh, for the PlayStation players, Ubisoft Plus Classic, which has already offered a Q-rated selection of back catalog games, PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium subscribers is now available for PC players too at $7.99 a month. Lipe, director of subscriptions at Ubisoft, told GameIndustry.biz <laughs> that Ubisoft Plus has attracted millions of subscribers since originally launching as of Uplay Plus September 2019. Thank God Uplay Plus is dead. I hate that fucking name. He claimed 10% of subscribers have never previously played the company's games before and that the service enjoyed its biggest month to date on October 2023. The same month Ubisoft's SVP as strategic partners. All right, blah, blah, blah. And he goes on to say that, you know, Chris Early product, predicted a future where physical game sales continue to climb, but he said he doesn't think they'll ever go away, which completely go away, which I agree until they take the drives out the consoles. So, or hopefully they'll just put a USB drive in there, kind of like what Sony's doing at some point. But uh, Tremblay reiterated that Ubisoft will continue to offer different ways for players to consume its games. The point is not to force users to go down one route or another. He said we offer a purchase, we uh, we offer a subscription. And it's the gamer's preference that is important here. We're seeing some people who buy choosing to subscribe now, but it all works. So he goes on to more and to explain, you know, how uh, the transition from DVDs and CDs and how people got comfortable letting those things go and and streaming things, which he's not lying because, you know, even my parents who were very big on physical media, you know, my dad, I can't remember the last time he's put put in a DVD. He he streams everything digital for movies, which I never would believe the day because he bought a laser disc like day one. Uh, he so it's now uh, we're talking. Same thing with CDs. You know, he's he, I, I introduced him to like Spotify. He's he's been killing Spotify Premium. He hasn't looked. He hasn't gone back since. So CDs. Uh, I mean, my, my my pops and my mom have been full digital. Yeah, they literally packed up all their CDs and thrown in the attic last I talked to them. So well, we know her solitaire is all digital now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's not breaking out the deck of cards but yeah so i mean you know it's 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 easier once it gets to the point where it's easier you know you win people over so also a point to remember first off we don't own these things you can't just bust this out and use it when you want to but yeah uh if you own a copy of super mario brothers for nes and you own a nintendo it gets harder and harder to hook that nintendo up to something that's current so there's an argument to be made there as time goes by. But we're also, uh, all of us live in the metro Atlanta area, and we have access to uh, some sort of broadband internet, right? And yeah. there are those who do not have this. And so buying a physical disc, whether that be... <laughs> what is a physical disc now? It's a patch. It's a It's a download key. Uh, typically on Xbox, but mm-hmm. Switch Switch games have small patches, and PlayStation games occasionally will have quality of life patches, but most of their games are playable off the disc. But 
Uh, I think internet access has a lot to do with this argument on the same side. And, and even if you have broadband, you may have a data cap. What does that look like? You want to stream a bunch of music? You never got charged to boot up a CD player and play every CD you have over and over and over. But that may add up if you're streaming high loss or lossless high res audio over a, a nice sound system or something. So, or streaming a 4K movie with HDR support and all that stuff. Which even at that, I mean, we're talking about convenience, but just like audio, if you are you have a more convenient way of consuming audio, you're taking a hit on quality. Um, vinyl is an amazing audio quality you have cd which is what 320 what's that measurement they do for sound kps it's a high bit rate for digital audio you take a hit if you listen traditionally over spotify or an apple music or something even if it says lossless you're losing something in in the transcoding of the audio everything digital is ones and zeros you're not getting the full analog sound of of whatever that the artist intended for you I mean, to, to hear to that make that, to make your argument there's you're always going to be purists but i think uh most of the people who've done these things uh, from what i understand is ease of access so it's that's all it about ease of access. I, I totally understand that so i mean you take you take a hit on the quality because it's easier for you just to press a playlist and hit play than worrying about all right i want to listen to this song i got to make this mixtape. Right. i got to download this digital copy i got to find this cd i got to find this digital copy here and make sure it's playable on this device i got to make sure this device has a cd player in this car oh it doesn't have a cd player in this car how am i going right. to play this on here so i'm like you know some you know for different people who have a whole bunch of this stuff i can see it I, I do too i mean i have a whole bunch of cds i encoded and put on my itunes here that i uploaded to my apple music which i can you stream did that recently apple didn't device. You? yeah yeah so I, I got my whole Nirvana catalog. I went on there and I uploaded some stuff. You know, I don't have to sit there and rebuy some of this stuff. Some of the stuff's on an Apple Music. So, I mean, it's I can stream it over uh, once it was uploaded in my Apple Cloud. So, you know, there's, it, your argument is value. It, it's right. Uh, but I think what he's saying and what he's trying to go over here is he's, they're trying to get that middle ground for people like ease of access. There's always going to be somebody who has a data cap. I've, I've worked with a data cap. I've had a data cap. I had to pay for unlimited. It's an extra charge. Yeah. So to a, bypass the data cap. So there's some areas like in, in rural Alabama who does not have any internet, or they have to have rely on Verizon 5G, which is probably the worst data cap ever. It's like two, two gigs. So, oh. but you know, that's you have, like so. one twentieth of a Call of Duty update. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, there's still people down here. I still see the signs for damn HughesNet, that satellite internet, which is basically dial-up oh, again. Cruise ship dial-up. But I, I do see at some point, we've gone to the port with movies where we all seen Gruv.com, G-R-U-V.com, and that's a joint venture between Universal and Warner Brothers because they know at some point that retail outlets are not going to, a la uh, Best Buy, that are not going to sell physical copies. Target. So they got together, sorry, and they are like, okay, we'll do direct to the consumer, cut out the middleman. Because at this point, they don't have to worry about any pushback from said retailers because they're moving out that space anyways. So all that stuff like Grub.com is sold directly from Warner Brothers Universal. That was something they came up with. They got together. Their movies are on there. That's something that they they'll they print the disc. They sell it from that website. It's usually where you get those deals on. So at some point you were gonna see that happen in the gaming. That's kind of did it for limited run, but it's always yeah. been like on the indie side on smaller games. Now look at Persona. Persona was on there recently. So I mean you're starting to see some big games come through. I you know I'm looking forward to the day that you know I I think Microsoft will do that method at some point too because 
we we just see now that I think was it Josh Fairhurst, the CEO of Limited Run, said November of last year that he heard that Walmart was phasing out Xbox games, and then we just got that article or that notice on a couple of days ago on Twitter that you know they're they're three penny, penny and three cents. Yeah. Uh, 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 Starfield. Starfield. Someone yeah. on the show may have checked Monday for uh, Starfield. Yeah. <laughs> it was ringing so, up sixty nine dollars. So it's like a, you know I was going to get every copy I could get for everyone on this podcast. But uh, you know. It's not just that game. Everybody's blaming Microsoft. It's like, no, you know, Walmart's getting out of the. They're not selling any physical Xbox games anymore. So, you know, it's the same. We all have worked retail. Uh, I've worked at Best Buy. Uh, We had a thing. There's a deal with our retailers where we had to sell a new release game within a certain amount of time. And then we didn't. We always send it back. I I know, Richard, you probably weren't part of that uh, that often because you were a game-based store. You kept games there. So for us, you know, after six months, we didn't sell a game. We send it back and we get a percentage back. So it was like, yeah, they pay us back X amount of dollars for something they didn't sell. And then they, they turn around and resell it to like GameStop or something like that later on down the road or their own web based stuff on there. Right. So we went through a bit where we would heavily discount the games because we sold them for fifteen dollars in the bin because that was more money we would get letting those go back to the the publisher. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's the whole reason why they're they're three. They're getting rid of those for three cents is because whatever deal they have for Microsoft, it's. Nothing. They probably cut a deal for that. Who knows? Because Microsoft yeah. probably doesn't want all those copies of Starfield coming back to them. So, you know. Or they'll send them somewhere. They'll find a way yeah. to, to make that back up. So, I mean, at some point we're going to see gaming where it's going to be like they are. Where, where you know, we're, I mean, like, like I mentioned with Ultra Blu-rays. So we're, we're getting stuff where Ultra Blu-rays are being done by uh, Kino, like different studios that are not handled by the realtors. Like Kindergarten Cop is like fucking 40 bucks for the 4K. And it's not being handled by Universal, it's being handled by a third party, but they're putting every fucking thing on that 4K Blu-ray. And it's a specialty. It's not a digital copy included. It's a one-time thing. Once it's gone, it's gone. We're going to see a future where a lot of stuff's going to be happening. So A niche release. Yeah. And you or are like seeing it. that uh, with publishers like VG, is it VGP? Yeah. The Canadian, mm-hmm. the Canadian retailer. Mm-hmm. They're your one-stop shop for Final Fantasy 1 through 6, the Pixel mm-hmm. Collection. Yeah, VGP. Um, Assessor's right. There, the physical media. We complain about this and we talk about this, but the numbers don't lie. It's it's a niche audience, and so you're going to end up as much as we bemoan the loss of like game accepting pre-owned games and what GameStop has turned into these days. Uh, I think Assessor will tell you he's not been in a retail store like that in years. Like, there's no need to, and all these things are either e-commerce or going to a publisher like a limited run. Or a VGP, or what's the third one? That's oh. like limited run, but I like them because they ship faster. <laughs> I mean, you have that. You have what, strictly limited. Strictly a, limited. Strictly yeah. Limited. Yep. Yeah. I've had better results with their stuff coming in and Play Asia always has the yeah the Asia Which releases is surprising. And stuff that are English. I give limited run a lot of shit, but this one we just went for pre-order not too long ago. I just got it, so less than two what, months. So what is that for the audio? Uh, another Crusade, which was like their uh, Super Mario RPG. Uh, RP- it's like an RPG that's like that. But like th- I pre-ordered, I, I bought this one. from them from like two months ago, and it just came in. They've been getting better, so they're not perfect. There's some sh- there's some shit they still owe me, but they've been getting better. Some shit they still <laughs> owe me. Yeah, I mean, they're, I'm still mad about Dispatch Games because I I pre-ordered two games for Dispatch Games, and I will bitch them out here. And they're they're fucking Tennessee. I paid for these games in 2019. 
We're in 2024. I still do not have these games. And I keep getting updates from them. It's like, don't worry, man. We're still going to send you your games. Like, I love Let's going go. to Twitter. We're not far from Twitter, Tennessee. Let's go up there and pay them a Twitter visit. Twitter is so funny because there's this one guy who goes up there every week, retweets them because they blocked all their tweets. He, yeah. you can't tweet them, he retweets them every week. All right, what, where's my update for my game? Every week. Oh, where's my update? <laughs> Tune up for the last five years. So I was like, what I keep going doing? on. What What kind of business Damn. model is that? I don't know, man, because it's like I think it's City Connected. Like one of the games that they have, they had digital copies for. I think it was Radi 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 G Swerji, which is like a shoot 'em up that from Japan. They lost the digital license here. They had to take it off the Nintendo store because they ended up not doing business with them anymore because of all the shit they were causing. So, but they owe me two fucking games that I pre-ordered in 2019. So Good August Lord. 2019 that I still do not have. It's, it's almost so five years. long ago. Yeah. yeah. And VGP, like I said, is the like the exclusive printer of that Final Fantasy one through six pixel remaster for mm -hmm. Switch. They just it's like five hundred dollars on eBay, but you mm -hmm. can get it from them for one ten Canadian shipped for yep. all for all six games. It's like why are people still doing this? Go to this one retailer. But it's like they don't know or they just want to go to eBay or something else. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think once, you know, the the normal means of buying games come out there, because I mean, even, you know, Amazon does the same way, because have you seen Amazon on some of the like their Nickelodeon shows? So I've, I've been on there. If you, mm -hmm. They offer some Nick like Rock, Rocco's Modern Life. You can buy on, on DVD and they put a little notice on there like, hey, this is this is print to made print to order. So we don't have oh. these this made. We're going to as soon as you order, we're going to make them and ship them to you. Oh, so like they've been Amazon's been doing that for the like the last five or six years on certain shows. So you're going to see a lot like of that uh, at least. You're going to see a lot of that in the future where like there you're going to get this. Some people are going to like, all right, you want it, we'll make it, ship it to you in a, you know, a couple of weeks or limited, like limited runs. Like the kindergarten cop one, which I look at, which I want to buy because I love kindergarten cop, but I'm not paying $44 <laughs> for an ultra Blu-ray. It's for not a favorite. Just one. It's not a tumor, but uh, for it's one movie. It's not a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it what was it uh what is your what does your daddy do there's another one and there's a couple of them, yeah. <laughs> i'll so, take think, uh what is arnold proclaiming it is not for 400 i still laugh every time uh wario puts that tweet on there where he compares some of the scenes from uh uh kindergarten cop to silent hill because a lot of that stuff reuses those assets in there. <laughs> yeah. so um like you know whoever made silent hill 2 was like i was a big uh kindergarten cop fan because like <laughs> that shit is the same fucking shit in that it's the media inspiration yeah, for all yeah, yeah. So maybe the maybe the true argument here is not I mean we we want ready access for those I don't know maybe maybe the it's the rural areas that do have access to or the urban areas that do have access to a GameStop or a Best Buy or a Target but that's what we're losing and we we associate those retailers with okay I'm part of this Best Buy program this gives me free shipping or I'm a Target red card member I get 5% off or I'm a GameStop Pro member. If I spend ninety-five thousand dollars, I'll get free shipping and ten percent, five percent off of used games and a digital magazine. So we have these like certain discounts or maybe uh, a pro-consumer stance on why do I want to spend my money with you? And it's going to come down to do we have it or not? And that's <laughs> that's where we are. Yeah. If we want that physical media, we don't have that. We don't have that tie. Well, Play Asia still does some sort of like loyalty program and points and stuff. But yeah, if we want that physical media, maybe that's where it's getting to outside of the the normal brick and mortar. Um, and I thought e-commerce when it took off, what twenty years ago at this point, thirty years ago at this point, I thought that's where those things would go. But I guess like physical trade in and still having those readily readily available from other um, retail outlets would stem would continue like 
adding those copies into the ecosystem and it's just not it's not happening anymore i mean that's the yeah. part that sucks like you don't have you know people aren't buying these games and trading them at yeah. a GameStop, and then you can go buy a used copy i mean it's like it's like you said i mean it's you know it's easier to do music and movies and stream that shit and uh, most people are not buying physical copies so that that flow was stopped yeah. slowed and strained and you know some people's like well you know why am i making all this stuff if i can't make any money off the secondhand market on this stuff. So it's like, and, and on the other end of that, like the artist, the artist will tell you one of my favorite artists has said, like I make pennies on the Apple music stream. Like mm-hmm. if you want to support me buy my merch, buy my physical copies. And I, the last two albums they've released, I bought on CD and, um, vinyl. I got both I mean, copies. Like, it's I'm, like, it's like, it's like you said, they make more money on touring half the time, which is such yeah. uh, energy draining. But, uh, and that's the that. reverse. I mean, the music, we, we can't go into the music industry. We cover games, but it's with the arguments being made here. You don't own your movies or music. Why would, yeah. why do you own your games? So that's where, that's where we're getting to. Yeah. I mean, shit, less people are going to movie theaters now. So however that looks like. So Always are we just like- chasing, are we just chasing nostalgia? Is this along those same lines as we still want E3 to be this thing and we want gaming magazines to show us screenshots and we want a strategy guide and we get 10% off of that the day we buy the game. Like what, what, what is the whole end goal of what we want to get with this, with this push? Is it just nostalgia? I mean, at this point, there's very few games that are complete on disc on card. There's yeah. still some coming through from certain retailers right. like you meant, you mentioned like right. limited run and they have patches here and there, but those games are playable 90% of the time. But is like, that still just nostalgia? Not, is that just yeah, hey, I got Super Mario 64. If I plug it in, it's gonna work. Is that just yeah? That is, is that just the mindset yeah. of knowing the the person that I said in this household that plays 40 hours of games? They don't know that mindset of just buying a game and it it just working forever. They are used to updates and content drops and seasons and battle passes. I mean, if you take away one of the games, I mean, that's yeah. At one point, would they adapt and go to something else, or would they be like, man, I really wish this game was still around? So I mean. Have they encountered that? Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying, but I mean, that's when you're gonna start seeing that because I mean, most of that stuff is like, oh yeah, you know, we wanted to play Super Mario RPG, but then we get into the habit of, like some of these games are getting remade, so or re-released, <laughs> <Yeah>. or <laughs> so I mean, you know, at this point, I looked at my PS3 uh... collection and I'm like, most of my most of these PS3 games that I have have been re-released that I, I really wanted to play. I'm not gonna fire Rock Revolution from Konami, or you know. Sure, I love to play the Born Conspiracy ever so often because it was a bad Jason Bourne game, but you know, I'm not clamoring to like fire it up. I mean, I have an option if I wanted to play it, but like, you know, the like Red Dead Redemption, the games that I really enjoyed, like, hey, there's a PS4 Switch version of it. So, I mean, it may or not, there may not be a copy that yeah. plays great with the backwards compatibility if there, you have the may... infrastructure to download that patch and, and allow it to play that retail copy. I mean, the only ones that sucks, like, I did enjoy the hell out of Quantum of Solace and that. Because of the licensing that's stuck on that PS3, so I had to have that copy. So I mean, you're going to run into certain things like that. I need to see so, if I have that game. That was a Treyarch game, right? Bloodstone was my favorite. Quantum Solace was okay, but yeah, I think it's a Treyarch game. Yeah. But I mean, you're gonna like our, you know, Brand's favorite game. I mean, outside of streaming, Brand can't play Infamous <laughs> unless he has a PS3. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone on the show may have played uh, Ico maybe three hours ago in 3D on said PS3. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Or can which you play weird, today? Which is weird. Hopefully we get these publishers look at their back catalog and some of the stuff out there, but you know. And that's the argument with music and movies and things like that, where they do bring these things forward, right? It's a it's an easier process than just mm-hmm. buy the newest PlayStation, uh, the newest 
blank is going to play your favorite MGM movie. You don't have and, to worry about what the yeah. that device that mean, is. And like you said, you do have to sacrifice on 90% of the time. You are most of the time you have to sacrifice on quality. You have to do some, you have to have a certain setup to achieve it. So, I mean, if you do know how those things, it will be a nightmare, but if you have, all and this things, is a niche, as you pointed out, this yeah. is a niche audience. If these companies are trying to make money, they're going to cater to the 90 to 95% that are just happy with mm-hmm. streaming it and getting whatever convenience they have versus the dedicated setup and the mini disc player and the hi-fi stereo and mm-hmm. <laughs> or pro- laser prom- player as you brought up. Yeah, I promise you that uh, I got coworkers at work who get uh, certain streaming services free with their cell phone, which is st- a standard, not even HD. And they're like, I don't care. I'm not paying for this shit. They don't care if it looks like 480p. You know, they're like, they're whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they they get to watch uh they get to watch kindergarten cop you know that's i get it about, man that's you know? nine out of ten yeah. that's nine out of ten people i would say yeah because they're like hey man that's that's money like i i talk to coworkers like man that's money i have to spend man that's other stuff i can worry about right now because you know because people you know other people got like we we're, we're lucky we have a luxury we can enjoy so like i got some i yeah. got some coworkers. It's like hey these are some coworkers are trying to take care of their family they're like they don't have money for that shit so you know, if it's easy for them to stream it and at a lower quality, you know, they get to enjoy something, they'll take it. So they don't have that type of, uh, you know, to embellish in hobbies like that. So I did not know this would end up being the streaming versus physical soapbox that it ended up being. I mean, but that was a hell of a discussion. No, it was a hell of a discussion. I thought I mean, we could have a whole episode off of this and we somehow did. Oh, just easily. Off the news. But I mean, yeah. it, 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 we're going to we're going to have physical copies until they take away the drives at this point. So. At this but, point, when the drives go away is when, you know, it's going to become and, difficult. And Xbox has already shown you, I don't know, Xbox has shown you a different proposition because they've said yeah. your current gen discs don't mean jack shit. But yeah. if I co- if I pop in a copy of Panzer Dragoon Order, I'm going to get a 4K 60 frames per second version of that 2003 original Xbox game. Like the best way to play that game. So it's a, they they put a, a crazy value proposition out there. Splinter so, Cell. I mean, that is which, the best version of Splinter Cell is that Xbox Series X version off that disc. Yeah, but which works as long as you have that drive, you got to pop that disc in there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's cool you can buy a yeah. digital copy if you don't mind buying your copy again. So. And there's, I guess, rumors of them possibly bringing <laughs> back the backwards compatibility stuff again. Please, or at God. least bringing it bringing it back up. I guess with with their new acquisitions. That to me is so. such a huge part of that ecosystem. And they did the Lord's work on that backwards compatibility. Yeah. I mean, Nobody can knock that Xbox uh, efforts in in preserving those and making them future compatible off of the discs that you bought 20 years ago at this point. But uh, yeah, like <clears throat> like Brand said, there's a lot of a lot of this because they own ID games. There's a ID games used to publish through Activision. There was a lot of uh, games that were tied up, so a lot of that stuff will be lined up for them to. Uh, I've, you've already seen it. I've seen it on like uh, they fucking moved Commander Keen back to uh, ID because it was uh, tied up in you know Activision Publishing. So it's like you know some of that stuff they I've seen the copyrights change. So they moved that back to 3D to uh, you know Commander Keen. Uh, you Oof. know there's there's a lot of stuff that they're redoing like you know Return to Castle Wolfenstein that came on PS2 and Xbox. So, you know that was on Activision. They can move that back over yep. to Bethesda. So you know. I have that disc. I have that disc on Xbox. Please you know what's coming. You know what's, oh, you know what's coming. Yeah, that was a good game. I like that game. You know what's coming. So, it was a great reboot. Wolfenstein has had a bunch of reboots throughout its history. There's a lot of good Ravensoft games that came out in 360s. So I mean, like Brant said, there, there's a they probably can do a good 
I'd say maybe 50 games they can put on there without any licensing issues. Probably they probably just with the stuff they've procured. Yeah. The Tony Hawks. Uh, would they have any music stuff in the Tony Hawks? Is that the hang up there? Yeah. Yeah. But they can make a, you know, they can start that remake again that Activision stopped. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be a money seller. So, oh, yeah. Three and four were in the works. But that dried up immediately. So, man, put Toys for Bob on something. They seem like such a talented studio. Why, why waste them? Why waste having them a Call of Duty support studio? I'm not calling those shots, but I would look at the amount of studios and talent that's on Call of Duty and the amount of assumed investment that you're going to get from your Call of Duty play player base. Can we not spare some of this talent for some other <laughs> of I mean, those games in that catalog? You, you heard Phil Spencer, man. He, he leads it up to the studios on what they want to make. So I don't think he's going to dictate. Like, all right, you got to keep making Call of Duty. So, I mean, he's okay with, you know, they were okay with pushing Call of Duty to buy, you know, every two years instead of every year. So, he says right, they, it they, works whatever works best for them. So, you still need some direction. Your boss says, oh, Cesar, do whatever you want. Eh, you're, you're free. Yeah, but that's, that, that's why you got Matt <laughs> You still that's why need you have some direction. I mean, Matt Booty's there for that. Yeah. Feels like, uh, hey, they got the freedom. Matt's still overseeing, like, hey, so, it's time yeah, to smack I mean, that booty. You still, you still gotta, you still gotta, you still gotta make that game. I mean, if you want to, you gotta yeah. make. Remember, so you still gotta make the game. So I mean, but you have so many IPs to pull from now. So yeah. you don't have to sit there and fucking crank out Call of Duty games. So I mean, I'm I'm reminded uh, we usually record on Monday nights and usually at eight ish Eastern Standard Time, and that for some reason is reason is when the Xbox. Uh, digital sales drop for the week, right? So as we're recording, we get all these notifications. This is coming out. And it never fails. Every week, there will be one or two Xbox or or 360 titles that I see. And I'm like, I might buy this digital license because it's, I might have the physical copy, but it's so e- much easier to just have that digital license. And then if they end up doing a PlayStation Portal type thing, hey, I have this in my library. I can just download this and stream it. I think this week's was Darksiders. That Darksiders, even though it's not the remastered version, uh, that 361 is available for like $299 on, on the Xbox store. It's like, that's a great value for 3 bucks. I remember paying 60 for it for PS3 when it came out because there was all that hype behind that first, for that first Darksiders game. I bought all the Splinter Cells on Xbox Marketplace to support that backwards compatibility exp- um, effort because I believe they brought all of them to backwards compatibility. I think you can play all those original Splinter Cell games from Splinter Cell, Pandora Tomorrow, Chaos Theory, Double Agent. I believe you can play all those. Uh, Blacklist, you can play on the on the newer Xbox consoles. All right. Whew, that's a whole episode's worth. We off our soapbox temporarily? <laughs> Always. Never y'all off the we soapbox. Y'all said we had uh, minimal games played, so I was, I was leveraging that. Um, I have only played... A few rounds of Warzone. Um, I did some tinkering. I'll touch on that. But uh, last Friday, front of the show, or Russell, myself, Cesar, were you in on that one? There was four of us. I feel like, or three of Friday, us. Friday, yes, because we remember we're, the whole goal now is back to backs. Yes, and we got back to back. We got we're, first, first. We're trying seconds. to get a Jordan. Yeah, we're trying to get a Jordan, but we didn't get the Jordan. <laughs> we got first, first, second, second, fourth. I think maybe fourth, first, first, second, second, fourth. Yeah, we we ended up on top. Then it was just the we first a, round was bad. Yeah, we had a crazy run, and um, 
just some wild rounds. Uh, we need to start posting our those clips we make so that we don't have to explain them so much in depth. But some good runs. Um, I'll let you touch on that. Maybe if you wanna if you wanna jump into some of yours. I'm in a tinkering phase, so this is one of those. Let me hook it up and see what it does. Uh, I read a lot about the PlayStation. I've got the PlayStation 3 3D display, which is a 24-inch Sony 3D TV. It looks like uh, Brant's PSP Go. The, yes. the front of it looks like a PSP Go. And uh, notoriously... They use those uh, bezels for it. They do. The bezels look just like that PSP Go. And... Um, it's one of those things I'm, I'm actively looking. I spent more time doing this than actually playing any games, of course. But I want to try to find a setup. I've got a VGA CRT monitor that I want to hook a 360 and a Dreamcast up to with native VGA. And then I want to also have this 3D uh, set up with a 360 with a the separate connection, the HDMI connection. And a PS3 for the 3D tiles that they have. And so I'm doing all this research. And uh, notoriously, the PS3 3D glasses... There's a battery inside there because it's an active 3D. It's not the it's not the blue and red passive style um, that you might see at the movie theaters. And the movie theaters aren't quite the blue and red, but it's a similar technology. So this is powered, and the batteries in them go bad. So I'm like, okay, there's probably a chance my two glasses that I have that I can get on hand are busted. And there's a switch on the side of it where you turn the battery on and off inside the glasses. So you have to have the battery on to charge them. <laughs> so that was a key barrier as I'm looking through Reddit Ooh. where people don't know. Yeah, man. That's like a stupid that's like a stupid footnote that you always got to remember. Like, oh, it's just it's different a, than everything else. It's so dumb. It's a weird design choice. But thankfully, like uh, five hours of charge gives you 30 hours of playback or something. So it's kind of stupid as far as. You kind of charge these and forget them. And they come in nice little drawstring bags. So I get both of these charged up. I haven't checked the second pair, but um, I booted up my PS3, hooked it up to it. And I've got a bunch of uh, 3D capable things that I just wanted to take a look at real quick. I tested out Wipeout HD, which is in 3D. Uh, God bless Studio Liverpool. Pour one out for them. Can we please have Studio Liverpool back? I played a little bit of Ico. Ico does not natively boot up to 3D. Usually when you hit one of these SKUs, and these are these are games I've had downloaded on my PS3 for years now at this point. My primary PS3 Slim, as I've designated it in uh, <laughs> on PlayStation Network, where you have to designate hardware now. If you want to swap them out, you got to wait six months before you do another one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, Ico was downloaded on there, and Ico does not... Uh, boot initially into a 3D version. You have to like go into the system settings and change, or the game settings and change that to 3D. And Jack and Daxter Collection, all three of those titles are PS3 or 3D capable. Uh, I think that was it. I was just dabbling with. Do I really want to play some of these with these glasses on? <laughs> They're not comfortable at all. <laughs> that was. Um, I love that 3D tech, especially in the 3DS where you did not have to have glasses or anything like that and i would love to see that explored again i know 3d seems to have a cycle where it eventually comes back around and it's it's more immersive to me sometimes than a 4k or an hdr or something like that it just it's really a different way to consume media and for stories to be told and they still make 3D Blu-rays. You can still get them. They're still 3D Blu-ray players. And they do, they do in uh, Europe, at least. I always see yeah. the announcements on Twitter. Yeah. 
And um, when I got the PlayStation VR, the first one, that was one of the things uh, Cesar had kind of sold me on telling me about it was, hey, pop in uh, Jurassic Park 3D or something, and you're watching this giant screen in, in 3D, and that works too. Uh, those Reddit threads are kind of crazy. There is a way to hook the PSVR up to your PS3, and you keep a 3D movie or a 3D game working on your PS4, and it will display the PS3 as in <laughs> as a 3D type display. Mm-hmm. So you can, without having one of those 3D TVs, you can play Ico and Jack and Daxter and MLB The Show 12 and 13 and this other random ass list of games that I've seen. I've not tried this. You have to uh, keep it hooked up, the, partially hooked up to the PS4 so that it thinks there's a a 3D drive in there i don't know this is a wormhole i got into but there's a crazy way to to reenact that and and keep that working um but that's it that's all i dabbled with this week uh i mean i won't go into details i mean other than we came in those those back-to-back first place and um Warzone, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think you you have you haven't played any at all this week, have you, Brent? No, I haven't nah. gotten to. Yeah, I've been pretty busy. I don't. I keep forgetting about Saturday night, so I blame uh, everybody but me. But uh, <laughs> that's my go-to. Uh, I did finish uh, Prince of Persia: Last Crown, Lost Crown. Uh, finished that up. I think. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, some point Sunday. I yeah. guess it doesn't matter when. Uh, I think it took like about 20 hours. Um, Dang. I think if you wanted to go back and do everything, uh, it pro- it's probably about a 25, 30 hour game. Uh, it does a good balance. It's definitely very Metroidvania. By the end, it gives you enough where you can go back. And I think there were still little puzzles in different areas to get different treasures that I did not try because it required multiple uses and multiple ingenious ways of uh, the powers that you got. So, I mean, I'm not going to go into details of the story because I know at some point you guys will play it. So, uh, as you go through the game, um, we know you played the demo, uh, Brant. So, the Rush of the Samar, which is the the ability to run through the air, which is kind of like an extended jump. Which is a common thing that's always in any of the Prince of the Persia games. Uh, I think even in the original ones, it's something that, or even the 3D ones, they always gave you that ability to do that extra run to do a jump. Uh, so you unlock that. Uh, you unlock what they call the Shadow of the Samar. I believe Shadow of the Samar, which it leaves you a time duplicate of yourself at standing still. So that is also an ability that I don't think was in the demo, but it adds to uh, the puzzle solving in that area. Because certain areas you get different spikes. So you will see as you go through that you can press uh, L1 and leave a copy of yourself. That way if you die, and if you catch it right before you fail, you can summon yourself back to your copy and start over from again. So there are different, um, you'll see some like elevators and stuff like that that only goes down to a certain height that you have to create a copy, let it go down, and you know. Mm. So that it uses that uh, ability on there. Okay. Then you have the corveyance, uh, corveyance which is a... Um, the ability to like dimension jumping. So like you can, you'll see these blocks that are invisible or see through and you can press uh, in in your right stick and it kind of flips you in another dimension where you can jump on that for different platforming. Oh, okay. So that one, it uh, gets, <laughs> it's been a while since I had a uh, sweaty hands playing games, but this one was one of them. Uh, <laughs> Cause it's like, there's a bit where you have to jump on different blocks and pressing R3 all the way up to the top. Uh, so 
Then you have a dimensional claw, which is kind of like a um, brand. You would know this because this is kind of like a Metroid esque where you get a, like when you hold down and you use missiles or something to unlock doors, you know, yeah. that, uh, that you need missiles on there. So the dimensional claw, what you would do is you would find a, like a, sometimes it'll be like this fruit thing that's, that explodes on contact or barrows. Then you just suck it into a dimension and then shoot it out at a door or, or a hole, in a, you know, a wall that has that you know you can blow open to get different areas. Mm-hmm. Then you have uh, gravity wings, which is a fancy way of saying a double jump, which is also another Metroid sta- um, yeah. staple. And then you have uh, the fabric of time, which is kind of like a, which is the final power, which you see these little uh, time eyes, which you can extend to grab and swing across. That you can also use it to pull you to enemies faster. So, like all these, and, co- and use these in cohesion to do the platforming on here, different puzzle solving, which I like I mentioned before, uh, gets very intense in this game and it's very enjoyable. And there's a lot of times where I wanted to throw the fucking controller down and I was like, <laughs> so there's there's one where I think I was in the fucking lighthouse where I dropped down and there's like a an upgrade uh, Inuit where in, in, in got where you can upgrade your weapons and it's floating there. And so you have a ability to throw your uh, shikra or whatever that little circle thing was called. Or yeah, you throw it in there and you can teleport and put you in there. So they want you okay. to throw it through the metal gate, teleport in there, um, to to get that that piece. But the problem is when you land down there, there's no ground, and you can only do that ability when you're standing still. You can't do it by falling. So it's like I said, all right, fuck it. I'll it, the worst thing that'll happen is I'll die and then I'll just pop back up there and do it again, right? No, I, I found a hidden ghost ship because it took me all the way down to the bottom to the bottom half of the fucking map. So I had to go all the way fucking back, all the way to the top. So it, like it, it is, it, it does a very good job with the Metrovania stuff on there. There's so much that the game has to offer. I mean, I found two characters in there. One they call the architect. She's the one who designed all the the the, the traps for that city that you're in. And so she's like, hey, if you find these uh, treasures around the this whole world, I'll let you get a crack at my hard stuff and you know the hard traps I made in here. And so I was like, you have to unlock it, and there's more stuff you can do in there. There's another gentleman that they called the Hermit, where I try to do a little bit of it, where they have me jumping on these bells with spikes everywhere. And it's like very, very little room for error. So, I mean, if you enjoy that aspect of the game, there's some very challenging stuff on there. Even though the story, uh, the, sorry, even though the story seems to be short, but it is short, short and sweet. So I, I did enjoy it. It doesn't have that like those thrills of like let's say God of War, where it goes into details and explores every angle and stuff like there. I think it does a very good job of telling a good complete story, with some you know Precise. some room to do uh, improvements for if they ever wanted to come back and like oh we hit this, we want to hit this particular story beat that we didn't go into details with a DLC or whatever. They wanted to do that. They never had that option in there. It looks like it would, but they could. They can expand upon it. So I think it does a very good job on it. It's very well crafted. It's definitely it would be tougher to dethrone. Like this is probably if we did a game of the month, it's probably my game of the month so far. And we still have eight days ago. We still have Tekken coming out. Uh, I'm not playing like a dragon because I am not there yet. So um, I'm, I'm I am getting Tekken though. I'm a, you know, always been a huge Tekken fan. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know that that's that's it. I mean that's pretty much it for Prince of Persia Lost uh, Lost Crown. I mean I, I enjoy my stay in there. I. I I do probably plan to go back here periodically and try to, you know, get some of those other items I'm missing. Cause I mean, those are fucking Xerxes coins, man. They're shit. They're like, they're the Xerxes coins are all over. And it's like, there's literally spikes everywhere in some areas. So you have to like, you have to do platforming and hang on walls and do everything you can and grab the coin 
and you, but you don't keep that coin until you touch solid ground again. So then you have to go back down, go through everything, and then touch solid ground. Because if, <laughs> if you die, then you have to go start from the process from the beginning. <laughs> so there is a lot of challenge in this game. And, Brent, you probably oh. enjoy it since you're, you're a connoisseur of Metrovania games and yeah. you want something different. This will probably scratch that itch for you. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you would go through and get everything. It depends on how you feel when you play the game. But it is enough variety in there where you like it's not stale. They did a good job on taking a fr- uh, existing franchise and adapting it, which is something that should have been done, I think, decades ago, probably. Yeah. I mean, this Prince, this Prince of Persia is made for this Metrovania. Uh, I don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the 3D ones, uh, at least the PS2, Xbox ones. Um, the, here and there on the PS3 ones, but um, yeah. it, it, they've done a really good job with it. Um, I won't take too much more time. Outside of that, you know, I'll do my bullshit uh, farming uh, for free Game Pass. So yeah. I typically one of the the requirements is to get achievement a day. You get five points, but then you overall get a thousand points. Uh, I need ten thousand points a month to get a free copy of to get free copy to get free free month of Game Pass. So that Christmas sale, I, I stocked up on them because they had the three months for sale, and I sat there and bought like a two years worth with all the points I was accumulating. But it's neither yeah. here nor there. So I I ended up going through, and this came out on PlayStation first, and this came out on Game Pass. It's a game called Chicory. I don't know if you guys played it or yeah. not. Yeah, a, so, a colorful a tale colorful or something. Tale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't know what I was expecting because I looked online. I just did the guy like, all right, you know, easy ways to get achievements where I have to do a lot of bullshit. Just play the game. That's the one I chose. Uh, and then this is kind of like a entry level Zelda game, like a 2D Zelda game. So you have mm-hmm. the overworld map. You have different dungeons. You have different bosses. They're very Zelda-esque, but it's not difficult. It's not like I've died on the boss. And it takes me right there. It doesn't it doesn't punish you like it does with a Zelda game and throw you in the beginning of the dungeon. So it's like if it's somebody who's new nice. to this formula, they would enjoy it. The story is pretty interesting because you, you start out like this dog creature. And it's named after your favorite food because the first thing it asks you is, what's your favorite food? I just I was fucked around just put pizza, whatever. <laughs> and they're, they're in this, they're in this like, um, and so the character's name is Pizza. Nice. So they're in this little castle area where they have the Wilder the Brush. And she's just a janitor. All she does is sweep up the floor. And so she went into the hallway, and all the color in the world just disappeared. It's all black and white. And so the 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 wielder of the the brush is Chicory, which is a bunny. And when she goes in the hallway to check out what's going on, she just sees the brush on the ground, and Chicory's not answering. So she's like looks at Chicory as like a role model, somebody she looks up to. She loves her art and everything. So she takes up the brush. It's like you know what? I'm just gonna paint some stuff around, and and you know just because I have something I'm not supposed to have. So you can literally go around and, and paint and all. It's like a coloring book. It's like it's all white and black lines. You go through and paint everything on there. And as you go through the story, um, you, you end up meeting Blackberry, which was the previous owner of the brush. And they talk about this evilness in the dark, you know, this up there and how the main character is not supposed to have this brush. It should be chicories. And, you know, it's about a way so far. I've only maybe about chapter two. It's about finding themselves and chicory you find out suffering from depression you don't know what's doing and why she's like that she doesn't want to she doesn't live up to the expectation of wanting to be the wielder of the brush she's let it beat her down she never feels she's good enough so it has a lot of those aspects in there in that story where she's like no you just take the brush i don't want it i don't feel like my art's good enough and you know you have somebody that she looks up the main character that looks up the chicory is like i love your art it's great why are you so hard on you it's like everything you do is great you know and it's like those, those aspects on there it's the story that's going on and as you go through and find out what this evilness is running in the background. And so like these it's like you do these dungeons which are very like uh like, like Legend of Zelda. So like you, you find that these 
these balls that blow up and you color them in and they explode like bombs. So you gotta like push them around and blow up these entrances and go around. It's like an entry level Zelda game. I, it's not very difficult. It's easy to figure out. You don't, you, if you get lost, you can call, you can get in the phone booth, kind of like a la Bill and Ted, call your mom and dad. So your mom will tell you like, Hey, you should be doing this. And you know, but I could put your dad on the line. He'll give you more help. And your dad's over here trying to reach for the phone. So you can say yes or no. And he'll tell you exactly what to do if you're lost. Like, yeah, what you need to do is go over here, go over here and do this. And so that's helpful. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's done very well where, it's, you know, it's it's not challenging and it doesn't feel frustrating. And it's good. You enjoy the, a story that's well done. Because I think I've done two boss battles and they're just giant eyes. And so you take this paintbrush and go across their eyes when you can only attack them when they're red. And so it's like you have to survive like this onslaught of lasers and all this stuff like like Undertale-esque. Like the attacks are very un- – it looks like a fucking yeah. Undertale boss. That's what it looks like. That's what it reminded me of when I was seeing it on there. And uh, the music's done by – was it uh, Lena Lena Rain? I think that's what her name is. And it, the, the music's very fucking good. They're, she's a good composer, man. I loved yeah. her work in uh, – uh, God, what'd she do that? Uh, she's an engineer too. She mods consoles and stuff. I forgot what I'm, she did. I'm thinking the right person. No, the, the the other person you I know you're talking about she she's somebody else different, uh, I think because uh, she it's, did the music. For, it's a two gig download on Game Pass. I'm sending it to my Xbox now. I remember yeah. when Shuhei was talking about this when it was on PlayStation. Yeah, and it, I, I I'm I'm kind of upset that I missed out on it. And the only reason why I, I did a chance I took a chance on this because I was doing the farming for free achievements. But I've been enjoying my play of it so far. Yeah. She did Celeste also. Celeste is the music she did. Celeste. Uh, yeah, but the music on here is really really fucking good. Uh, but I mean, I've enjoyed my time with it. I'm only maybe there's six chapters and, um, yeah, uh, Richard, I guess if you, if your young ones wanted to play something that was like Zelda, I mean, they played Zelda and enjoyed it, but if they wanted to play something Zelda, which yeah. is easier, in my opinion, it's, it's easier not to get lost, but still has the same exploration in there where you can kind of go around and do stuff and figure stuff out. It does a very good balance where you can, you can get people on that type of a system. And I've been missing some old school Zelda. So it, it, it's, it's cool. been scratching that itch for me. But yeah, that's it for me. I, I took up like 20 minutes of your time. That's the end of my TED talk. <laughs> I'm giving it back to 20, <laughs> 20 fulfilling minutes. So sorry. Yeah. Uh, not much. I was running around a lot this past weekend. Um, I didn't get a chance to play a lot. Yeah. None of us did our usual Saturday night. Uh, call of duty or halo or anything um i did take my steam deck with me and was able to boot up some classic games um i sat on the the couch uh where i was and played uh some some pepsi man because i needed something mindless (laughs) to play uh so i was running through some Pepsi pepsi man uh and then uh and showing it to my nephew, he just kept well, like, "What? What? Why do we keep hearing Pepsi Man, Pepsi Man, over and over?" And then I showed him. He's like, "That looks crazy." Um. So now he's a Pepsi Man addict. And then, damn, uh, what else? Um, I booted up some Pokemon Stadium, and just played, um, I think three rounds on a Pokemon Steam Deck Stadium. or the Switch Online. Uh, on the Steam Deck. Steam Deck. Both, both on the Steam Deck via MU Deck. Um, my legitimate backups. Yes. Brandon, no matter what you say, if you, you say MU Deck, I always know you uh, always use legitimate backups in your, Thank you. in your emulation lifestyle. We know you have this. I know, yeah. We know. It's a legitimate black backup of your flash card <laughs> containing those ROMs. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but speaking of physical media, uh, I do have some games acquired. Games acquired. Yay. So first off, Yay. my my Persona Three Portable for Switch came in. Uh, Cesar showed his the other day. Um, on top of that, there are three more Switch games which I probably should have already owned, but just didn't. Um, and there's also been like this weird scarcity with a couple of the Switch games, like supposedly going out of print, which is I don't think a, a true thing. I think it was um, somebody talked about it and was saying that it's actually a website that's tracking like the, the physical stock of uh, I believe it's them on Amazon. So it's not like necessarily- Mario Odyssey was on that list and I was like, I don't know that Mario Odyssey yeah, would go Mario out of print Odyssey. for Nintendo. Yeah. So, but uh, two of those games that were on the list were Pikmin okay. Three Deluxe mm. and uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Wii U ports, ironically. Mm-hmm. Uh, superior ports from the Wii U for the Switch. Uh, and then I also got uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Well done, sir. Completed the trilogy. Uh, two is the on quadrology. the way. Because I actually did not have two. I've, I've had uh, three here forever. It's so so. the RPG trilogy of our generation. I just got to finish it. Oh, I'm tired of people telling me that. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing it's that great. conversation. Yeah, I've I hear the many those, hours of one and two. I beat the shit out of one. I'm going through it for a second time. I love one. And second one, I I don't want to take up Brant's time, but the second one, the difficulty in that game is unreal. Like the, I remember the, the, I was about to say. Things kiting across at you. Yeah, I it's remember. Unreal. Yeah. Like the, the rem- jumps of difficulty is unfucking real. Like I didn't aggro you, bitch. Stay away from me. I, I remember get that first one being a shot. listener at that point and y'all talking about. I guess it had to be two, and yeah. how you just you'd walk into an area and immediately get destroyed. Things are. And it's like, well, you. guess like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like I was like, nowhere near you. Like, don't that, even come pick a fight with me. That took the fun out of it for me because I got mm-hmm. to chapter four. I got pretty far and I probably need to start over again because I probably vaguely remember some stuff on there. But uh, I need to go through it again. I think they, they went back and they they tailored the abilities on the, like the difficulty. Now, I think they went there and it's it's not as if you go into settings, you can make it more enjoyable. But it's one yeah. of the ones that uh, a lot of people finally talk about that. I that just fucking took me out the game. But yeah. And then I haven't done three at all, and which all ties everything together. And I love those type of RPGs, so because I, I love Legend of Heroes, you know the the Trolls games, which have yep. done a pretty good job of tying everything together. So I'm I'm interested in getting back into that at some point. But I'm sorry, Brent. Continue with your games acquire. No, that's uh that's it for me. Games acquire. That's everything. I got a next week. Uh, I may have a huge games acquired list because I oh I I got a good bit of stuff coming Again. in. So. Cool. Well, because I, I got fucked over because I usually buy stuff in bulk and then like I bought something from and you know you guys know you bought it from PlayAsia. I bought something that was supposed to get to me like in summer of last year and they're like, oh, one of your games got pushed back to January 25th. And I'm like, I, I paid that shit off like almost a year ago. And it's like it's a box full <laughs> of shit that they haven't shipped to me yet. They're like, they're like, yeah, we'll ship it to you when all your games are released. And I'm like, I'm finally going to get it unless in the next two days. And magically, oh, you know what? They pushed it back again. <laughs> Uh, but at least to uh, also know that you saw that a uh, limited run is uh, updating their shipping companies where now you can solo ship games now. So if they do push back your game, you can say, Hey, do you want to ship this one earlier? 
you can pay extra money and ship that game earlier now. So that feature's coming. So that's convenient. Okay. Very convenient. All right. I think that's it for me too. You guys good? Anything else you want to add? That's Send it. all your uh Steam game recommendations to Renee. He's uh Yeah, Renee he's a, needs it. Friend me, he's, Renee. I sent you a friend request like forever ago and I just a, looked, it's still pending. He's, he's on a, here? He's on Steam. Yeah. Yeah, he's a sweet baby born uh Steam Deck Jesus. So <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, is this the profile name? Ricky Bobby. What are you reading out here? <laughs> yes, he has one game to his name. Sweet baby born Steam Deck Jesus. <laughs> 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 Fresh out of the womb, it's only yeah. it's only one only one title. He's, he's, yeah, as soon as he comes out the womb, we just give him a controller. Like, hey man, you played on this device here. He's like, oh, what is this? How do I acquire said games? <laughs> <laughs> what should I buy? Uh, oh, I'm, he's added me. He's got me on yeah. Steam already. Yeah, yeah. One badge, two friends, <laughs> one game. <laughs> Yeah, Renee. Renee's awesome. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to him to play the the naughty games because I think he he would be the one that's brave enough to uh, to get into those. Tonight. Play the naughty games. Yeah. What is evil tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I not to put Renee in the fire, but I've looked at his Switch games he played recently, and his all hentai girl or something. I was like, oh Renee. <laughs> Renee oh no. Stop, Renee. Oh Renee, no. I was like. Oh. I, He's going to get the Steam Decks and play Tentacle something. Tentacle Girls. I'm like, oh, Renee, no. This Evil Tonight game looks good. It does, right? It looks like Resident <laughs> Evil on a... Like a Resident Evil on... Like it came out Super Nintendo, right? It looks borderline inappropriate, but you look at it like, this is surprisingly pretty cool. It's Steam Deck verified. He picked out a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this week, and we will catch you next week. Bye. See ya. Adios. We'll